Hello and welcome to the Blair Upper Cervical Podcast, a show where we interview top Blair Upper Cervical chiropractors to glean their insights, tips, and passion. In each episode, your hosts, Dr. Kevin Pekka and Dr. John Stenberg, bring something unique and inspiring to help you grow and succeed. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Blair Technique Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Stenberg. Got Dr. Josh Hank with me uh, from Transcendence Family Wellness Center. Is that right? That's correct. And you guys are over in Michigan. Yeah, Sterling Heights, Michigan. Sterling Heights, Michigan. So, Doc, I appreciate having you on. Uh, Dr. Hank is going to be one of our uh, keynote speakers at the Blair Conference this year. So we're we're right at the tail end of August right now. So uh, like six weeks away from the from the conference. So get those registrations in, and and Dr. Hank's going to come and break down some of his findings with uh, advanced thermography work. So we're going to get into that a little bit, but doc, before we start to head in that direction, just let us know a little bit about yourself, your background in chiropractic, how you going to end up for cervical care and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, my story begins just like everybody else's, you know, sperm in the egg. Right. And assuming that everything is uh, in alignment from there. That's where we all connect. Uh, it starts with the moment I was born, and I was born into a family of two very distinct backgrounds. I share it very openly. Um, I went to church on Sunday and the mosque on Friday, and I was seeing a different perspective of what I thought was my creator. And fast forward many years, it wasn't until chiropractic school where I actually discovered this concept and idea of what a spirit actually is in the form and name of innate intelligence and universal intelligence. This intelligence that animates all things in that moment where we all started that sperm and the egg, that innate intelligence animated that and took all the vitamins, minerals, nutrition, all the matter, right? Mm -hmm. Matter. It took that matter and it animated it. And when I was halfway through chiropractic school, I was actually in Logan College of Chiropractic over in St. Louis, and they've changed a lot. They've uh, changed a ton now since I've graduated, but I was, um, my roommate and I, we were halfway through chiropractic school, and I had enough of it. I had torn my rotator cuffs. I'd hurt my back. I was getting adjusted three times a week, right, and just everything was, what, what nothing was working, right? Chiropractic just wasn't working with the model I was being taught. And unfortunately, I noticed it just has nothing to do with the chiropractic school itself. Most chiropractic schools, maybe just a couple, <laughs> uh, most chiropractic schools are not um, getting into that philosophy. So I was going to quit chiropractic school at a certain point, about halfway through. And, at, and there's many docs that are actually probably watching this right now, listening to this, that may be at that point. I went down to Palmer, Florida, and there was a couple of docs that were at that point. And I was happy to intervene at that moment because when I was at that point, there was a doctor, Dr. Eddie Weller, who actually it was right down the street from Logan, and he intervened on my behalf. I was going to turn my back on chiropractic, and it turns out that my destiny was led back. And it was because of this message that I felt was spoken to me that wasn't spoken to me on church on Sunday in the mosque on Friday. It was spoken to me in a practical and scientific way in chiropractic. Mm. Dr. Eddie Weller kind of opened that up. He shared with me the science of chiropractic and how we have these green books that nobody ever talked about in Logan. We had a Gonstead teacher come in and he asked the students, how many of you have ever read a green book? And my roommate, 
myself and my girlfriend, who's my wife now at the time, Dr. Kenzie Hank, we were the only three that raised our hands. We were the only three that had read a green book, right? So he's scratching his head and he goes, how many of y'all had ever even heard of a green book? Our hands are the only ones up in the air still, okay? 75 students, um, starting with a class of 150, and only three of us, you know? And we're all three buddies and friends, right? So us three were the only ones uh, that were presented that principle. And I credit Dr. Eddie Weller with this transformation uh, at a time when I was going to quit. You know, I tell people I spent all my money on a party. I was done with it. Uh, my buddy was at Walmart and going to pick up some uh, things to clean up. And uh, Dr. Eddie was in the parking lot, saw his sticker that he went to Logan and was like, hey, you need to come to a philosophy night. And when he had mentioned it to me, he goes, hey, Josh, you know, and we're roommates. He's like, hey, I know you're trying to you know, get out of this place, but this, this doc, um, he wants us to come to a philosophy night. Will you come with me? And I'm like, man, you know, I'm up out of here. And he's like, you know, he's one of those upper cervical guys. And I'm like, you mean one of those doctors that are just going to tap that atlas and just fix everything? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about that, you know? Yeah. And he goes, he said it, uh, not exact words, but he goes, he's banned off of campus. <laughs> like, they don't allow him on campus. They won't let him speak. They won't even let him walk onto the campus. And I don't know how that conversation started in the parking lot of Walmart, but that's what I was intrigued by. I was intrigued hmm. by the rest right <laughs> so um i showed up to the philosophy night and my jaw was on the ground the whole time because here there were these 33 books these principles um that you know i was you know each each religious philosophy that i was learning from had a book that they were following why why weren't there books from our developers and our founding fathers uh that we are that we are following you know we have to know where we came from in order to appreciate where we're at and, and to know where we are going mm. okay that's why it was so important to me and why my heart began to sing and why I stayed in with chiropractic is because I got my head on straight. You know, Dr. Eddie took an x-ray of my neck. He did a thermal scan on my spine and nothing like I had ever even been taught or told was existed. So thermography, right? Um, he did that and he tapped my atlas. He spun that atlas. He put his Pisces on, he put his hands on, he removed the interference, right? And he let innate intelligence, that inborn intelligence, that I was learning about ever since I was a kid that started when the sperm and the egg touched inside of all of us, right? That intelligence started working and my rotator cuff started to heal on their own. My knee, bilateral knee pain started to reverse itself. My back started to heal. My started holding my adjustment up to six months within my first year. And I was, I was a changed human being. Um, us three were the only three that were taking our titrons out. Nobody had taken out the titron from the library in like four, five, six years, something like that. Wow. And so we were really revitalizing this and we started a upper cervical uh, kind of a society and club. And we petitioned to uh, get doctor, uh, one of the docs to come and teach uh, toggle so that I could actually teach it as a, a intern mm. because they wouldn't let me teach uh, perform toggle unless there was an intern that knew how to do it. So I got paired up with the clinician that knew how to do it, but wasn't practicing, but Logan didn't offer upper cervical. So man, talk about having to stand on a firm, uh, you know, ground uh, and, and being a, a lonely soldier with a small team, you know, but together we got through the second half of our uh, chiropractic training um, through the green books. And of course, through our scientific training, which is absolutely practical.
And um, now I've just been serving an amazing, um, I don't call it a practice because we don't practice anymore, right? We've been serving <laughs> an amazing community through our wellness center. Um, we can call it whatever some docs don't like calling it wellness, but um, uh, we, we, we just, we stand for this principle of transcendence and it can only happen through innate intelligence, right? When the spirit adapts, we transcend to higher levels. We can see more for ourselves. We can achieve more for ourselves. We want more for ourselves. We feel more and better than feeling we're functioning more in ourselves. Right. And that's what it's all about as above. So is below ADIO above, down, inside out. Right. All these principles I were starting to awaken in me through chiropractic, like, a, like almost like this path that I thought I, I was lost on was, was there purposely, you know, hmm. I know, uh, you know, the uh, universal intelligence put me in those two dynamic religious positions, uh, you know, to give me a multitude of perspectives. And that's one of the things that I love most about the science, philosophy and art is that there's multiple uh, scientific perspectives that we can take on this one philosophy. And if we apply the science and the philosophy correctly, it'll lead us to the type of art. And that's why within the upper cervical, there's dozens of different upper cervical techniques. And I don't argue about whose technique is the best. Um, you'll be led to the proper technique if you do the right science and if you're principled. And, and that's what it's all about. And here I am now trying to share the message of using uh, an enhanced level of science, something that doesn't exist. And I would say 99.99% of chiropractic offices and the excuses is too much money, whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, it takes too much time. It doesn't. Um, so yeah, let's not yeah. make this about any of that and let's just make it about transcending the modern healthcare paradigm by demonstrating that health healing comes from an innate potential and it comes from above, down, inside out. Let's share that message, right? And let's check for subluxation and let's use thermography to check for subluxation. And it's a relatable message because I, I think a lot of patients feel or clients or whatever you want to call them. I think they feel like you did at that time, which is aimless and hopeless. And you know, that there's just not a solution for them or an answer for them. And they have to kind of resign themselves to opting out of a, li a healthy life, a life of full expression. And that's just not our message. And, and there's these inflection points that happen in life where people just kind of come out of left field and bump you, you know, like Dr. Mm -hmm. Weller did and, and change your trajectory. And even that little bump, you know, these years down the road is a big shift from where you might have been. I mean, you know, God knows where life would have taken you had you actually not attended that night. Right. So there's all these little decisions that can just really radically change the course of your life. And, you know, we, we understand the big idea and the ripple effect into your community from that. So shout out yeah. to Dr. Weller. I know he's always like, you know, <laughs> he, he, he talks so passionately and articulately that it's not just, you know, like it was a very unique experience that you had hearing about philosophy from him. And I know yeah. he's always handing out Palmer's law of life. You know, he's got, you know, stacks and stacks of green books. He's happy to give one to anybody that hasn't had a, had that experience. And I think in a lot of campuses, you know, you mentioned that there's probably a couple of schools where you're more likely to get that exposure. You know, I went to life and I think, you know, it was, it was, you still kind of had to go a little bit out of your way to, yeah. get, to get into that stuff. And I remember, you know, I think it was MLS seminar or something I did and Arno uh, Bernier, a lot of folks know him. He made a comment or maybe it was at a uh, speech he did at our school. He said, you have to create for yourself a parallel curriculum. You're not going to learn chiropractic here. You know, the way that the philosophy, science and art brings it all together. And I thought that was really, uh, 
you know, that kind of struck me. I'm like, what is he talking about? You know, but as that idea kind of got fleshed out through the course of his talk, I thought, okay, this guy's, this is, there's some wisdom there. You got to yeah. pay attention. And it's, it's true. I've talked with students about that too. It's like, you know, get your grades and pass your boards and do all that kind of stuff. But, but truthfully, the investment in yourself is part of the intention, you know, that, that people yeah. always talk about. And I think that that, that parallel curriculum and seeking those sources out and wrestling with them, you know, and bringing all your different, you know, things to the table through your, your backgrounds and your network of people that you're with, all that stuff really helps you flesh it out. And I had a few friends like that at school too. And we would just, you know, on Friday nights, just sit and kind of hash out all these different concepts, you know, with techniques we were learning and philosophies and theories mm -hmm. we're hearing and instructors that said this. And the other guy said that there's a lot of wrestling that goes on in that season of life, but that, that's, that's where the good stuff happens. So uh, it's, it's a testament to the process. Yes. And uh, for students that are listening, and I know you've, you've interacted with students. And so you kind of know, you get a little bit of a sense of where their head's at, you know, when you get on campus, it just kind of reminds you of some of the things you're uh, expo experiencing as a student. Uh, just be encouraged that there's resources and folks available to you. You know, I've always told students like, man, good docs are, are more than eager to help you on that journey. You know, whatever direction it takes you, you know, you're not alone and there's definitely access to resources out there, whether it's philosophy, science, and art, you know, we all have the things we're sort of naturally drawn to. But I think the modern chiropractor and just the, you know, you said the principled chiropractor, just the, the chiropractor in general, has got to have a really good hand on all of them, right? I mean, these are all essential to our success with our, our clients, with our patients, but also uh, our communities and our practice and our life. So I, that's what I love about chiropractic principles. They're life principles. You know, they apply in different yeah. ways through different uh, sciences and arts. Yeah. So like gravity, it works all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a classic Dr. Sid thing, right? And I remember uh, when I got to chiropractic school, it was like two weeks after Sid had passed away right at life. And it was like very much there was a, there was an atmosphere of loss, you know, and there was an atmosphere of like heaviness. And I'm like, who the heck is Dr. Sid? You know, and it was this interesting uh, we kind of got hit, you know, from the very first couple weeks with, you know, some memorials and some speeches and some speaking and, and a lot of philosophy stuff was coming up. And I. I think I've been to the chiropractor once before I went to school. I didn't know anything. I was just totally bombarded and thought like, what in the world is all this stuff going on around me? But it kind of planted the seed, you know, and over the course of those three and a half years, there's other folks that water and other folks that come in and support. And so uh, sim similar story, were you adjusted before school? Like how did you wind up going in the first place? Well, my father's actually was a chiropractor and he was in chiropractic school and he actually was a physical therapist beforehand. So he had always pushed me. My undergraduate was in pre-med, but for some reason, again, as I use the excuse, innate led me away from it. I got a full ride scholarship to art school. So some of the artwork here that you'll see is all mine. And um, 10 months into art school, you know, they'd um, you know, they have you create something, give you a rubric of a hundred points and I'd create something and it'd be top 10 at least, you know, or top 10, you know, top 10% best stuff. You know, I got a D on it, got a C on it because the expression of my art wasn't exactly what they wanted. Mm. And so I actually ran from it. And now when I reflect, I was, of course, should have taken that, you know, as like a, a gilding process, like each, each person had their own type of way of teaching their style. But I felt like my style was being cramped a little bit. Mm. So again, I had, I went through this, 
running from what I thought was running from, but really what I was doing is I was running towards, right? And this is what I was running towards. And so I, I had my dad kind of ahead of me, so to speak, um, about 10 years. And I ended up staying in the same apartment that he stayed in. So it was pretty crazy, uh, which is a transition. And uh, practiced in St. Louis for about a year. And then uh, some things were going on with my father. Um, I had got his head on straight, so to speak. And uh, from that moment on, you know, his life was transformed and he wanted me to come back to Michigan here to, um, to help him out. He was running a traditional uh, type of, as I would say, just traditional chiropractic practice, full spine, nothing wrong with it. But, um, you know, with this physical therapy background, billing insurance, and I would just hear conversations of hours and hours and hours of wasted time and money trying to fight for this and fight for that. And here I am, I got a uh, membership model type of uh, cash rate. Um, don't work with any insurance at all. And we're using thermography and we're getting the head on straight, so to speak, and the more take care of the brainstem. And the, all of that was something that was missing in his office. So uh, I saw that that was missing. And, you know, that's my father. So we packed everything up and um, our, our child and uh, we moved here. My wife is from Ohio. So it was closer to home for both of us. And um, a couple years in, um, just an honest conversation, a couple years into helping my dad, uh, we transformed his office, but he wasn't really ready for the full transformation completely. He still does thermography, applies upper cervical, which is great, has a 50-50 cash insurance-based practice, but I wanted to transcend humanity. I want to have a retreat center. I want to have a center as big as that Gonstead Clinic where you're going to fly in and hang out with me. And I'm going to run you through all the different types of testings that we can do um, and, and ensure that you're going to have the best results possible through the principle. So my, my heart was singing a different song, so to speak. And I had to obey this uh, message. And it's funny, I went from holding every three to six months on average for, for about three, four years before I moved. And then when those two years I was with my pops, I was out of alignment. I got proof. I just showed a client yesterday. I got proof. I'm one of the only couple people in my entire scanner that is off three times a week. Mm. <laughs> right? And that was when I was working with my pops. Yeah. All right. I, I went, went with my innate, you know, and I'm not telling people to leave family practices. It's not what I'm telling you. You know, uh, I'm telling you to go with your heart, go with your style, wear what you want to wear. Think what you want to think. This is what I wear to the office. Yo, I got five finger toe shoes. <laughs> I do because I take, what I do seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. BJ said that many a times. Many people say that. Okay. Yeah. Human being equal, but, um, yeah, we, no, it, it's kind of a just gilding process that's webbed into my personal life and left my pops built the transcendence family wellness center that we had in St. Louis alongside my wife and never looked back. And now we have a completely integrated wellness center. We do have a medical doctor on staff. We have, um, other professionals that heal, in the manner that they do, but I don't do it. They do it. <laughs> yeah. And be at all of that too. Yeah. And I love that, man. It, you know, you hear those stories and you see the pictures of the, the research clinic. And even in Colorado here, we had a Spears chiropractic hospital somewhere up in Denver. It was like a massive facility. Right. And I remember in Atlanta driving past this old kind of shut down sign with the chiropractic hospitals, like four or five stories high, this giant building. And it's like, man, people used to really, really have a vision of, of chiropractic in that time, that's a little different than now, you know, when they were thinking that big and thinking about, you know, what is it going to take to change this community in the world, you know, for real, 
you know, not just in, in lip service, but in practical application and bringing all that stuff together. So I love to hear that. So speaking of thermography, I know, you know, you got started with the Titron in school and now you're, you're on another level. So talk about sort of the transition and how you got exposed to the thermography work you're doing now. And we'll kind of start to chip away at some of those details because it's very interesting stuff. Yeah, I, it's, it's blown my mind. And, you know, I, I know that I'm ahead of the game. I know some docs already have this, but I've put my head down and I've actually created some protocols and stuff like that to kind of objectify and systematize uh, the, the protocol so that we can reproduce it in many different offices and make sure that we're getting the same results. Um, with that being said, I, I do thermography on every visit. I have a day one, day two protocol, established pattern. We do pattern analysis. We do foster readings. We do full spine clearance checks. We do it as, as good as we can, but not as good as BJ. Okay. Um, we don't have the electroencephalo-neuromentimpograph anymore. Um, nobody knows how to run it. Um, and so um, how do we know where these signals are going and coming? So I was always wondering if there was any technology out there that was able to see the, the movement of the energy inside the body, of the innate mm-hmm. potential, right? And that's all innate is. Innate is energy, right? Energy create, can create heat and heat creates light. So we can be looking at analogous uh, types of frequencies, looking at light, infrared, right? That's just light. Also can be measured in the form of heat. Mm-hmm. But we're actually at light. And so when we understand what we're actually looking at with thermography, because some thermographers don't even understand what they're looking at. They think yeah. it's just heat. This is, a, this is a light frequency here. This is a vibration. So this is really, really important. And I didn't have it at anything like that in my office. So here I am practicing four or five years and um, I get this, uh, I see this Facebook ad for breast thermography, you know, and I'm like, damn, that's pretty freaking cool. Like, you know, and you know, my background, I have a master's in nutrition too. So I'm just kind of like, wow, that's pretty freaking cool. Like so many people are complaining, just asking me like holistic questions. You'll get these, hey, even the straightest docs out there, you know, they'll get the questions, you know, Hey, do you think what's the na- more natural way of looking? you got all kinds of questions, you know, and you can tell them, Hey, not my field, or you can try to help them out a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing was I was intrigued by, wow, if this technology can look for cancer potentially, why can't this help to find subluxation? And I was already a thermography guy. So it was just like, bang, we're talking like just upgrading. It's like X-ray to CBCT, duh, right? Just, that was just a big duh, okay? And so that's why, you know, and then you you call the company up and then you're like, okay, you get to know them and you're like, wow. Um, Dr. Anthony Piana, he's a chiropractor. He's uh, world-renowned and He's built the Breast Thermography Institute and a partnered company, which is Chirotherm, as well as a nonprofit organization, the Professional Academy of Clinical Thermology. It's a nonprofit group of medical doctors and doctors of chiropractic and thermologists where we get together and you can actually send images in if you choose to. You don't have to. You can send images in and they can actually read it for you, which is Mm. pretty awesome if you're doing like breast thermography you're doing some thyroid looks or look screening for stroke, you know, spoiler alert. That's the stuff that we can kind of do. Um, I was like, wow, like, this is great. This is supporting chiropractic. This isn't just some Chinese company just selling a camera, you know, right. you can cameras out there, but wow, this has a software. Okay. And this, and this has an intention, right? So when I reached out to them and come to find out, um, 90% plus of the customers that consume uh, thermography cameras are like massage therapists and people that want to open up thermography lab centers. Hmm. Okay. And so not many doctors tap into this and I'm like, wow, that is just insane. So 
Chirotherm has uh, been something that has always just had its own momentum, but it was never the focus because Dr. Piana has just been so focused on, um, as we would say, some of the more um, politically demanding uh, stressors, because once you get into breast thermography and stuff like that, you start getting the FDA down your throat and all, you know, you just, that's yeah. why got to stay in our lane, right? Yeah. So I was really intrigued by the technology, but also the company itself. So I reached out to them. Of course, you're looking at the price tag. You're talking twenty to $30,000 years ago for the, for the camera, but it includes uh, like the laptop, tripod, training, software, all that stuff, right? And you can upgrade to, to have a membership to send stuff in and pay per image, or you could just trust your own science and, and your own research and do your own you know, work. You'll be trained in it. And so I was like, wow, from start to finish, this is all turnkey. It's a whole package. So um, I'm looking at the price and I'm like, wow, okay. So, I'm, hey, it, it's 25 grand, okay, um, at the time. That's what, you know, so I'm trying to figure out, like, how am I going to afford this? And then, again, innate speaks to me. It's like, big dummy, if you save one person, let's say if you do a full body and you, or a breast cancer screening, let's say you just do that because my wife does those and I do I do the upper cervical series. Why not just shoot the whole body and see the effects, right? Um, yeah. Some doc, they're like, I'm not going to do that. So I'm not going to get the camera. We'll just do the upper cervical. It don't matter, right? But I'm, I, I, I've been brought into this path because we literally do full bodies on people. We just go above and beyond, okay? Um, most people just use this technology for breast thermography screenings. But this is applicable to screening for stroke. There's a stroke parameter that is research-based. We wow. can see... Uh, thyroid inflammation. Okay. We can look at nerve compression. We can see radiculopathy into the hand because the hand will be colder. Mm. You can see sciatica and disc compression. You can see, um, nerve compression, right? I mean, all these kinds of things all the way to the toes. And so we started scanning every single person, um, that we could, and, uh, we started doing full bodies. And I said to myself, before I got the scanner, if I save one person of, let's say cancer, if I just accidentally catch it, it's worth it to me. Right. 100%, yep. So like the, like the third person that we did, we found, she, she found out that she had cancer. Okay. Wow. She was a client of ours for three years beforehand. So she was like, Hey, I was going to get a mammogram, whatever. We did her whole body. I had just bought the camera. Um, we had found cancer in her body. Of course, we gave her chiropractic solutions, upper cervical solutions. We saw that half her face was cold. That could be facial uh, nerve palsy or some facial nerve compression, or it could just be inflammation in the sinuses. And you look at the x-ray to collect those dots. Um, so there's a lot of, of course, upper cervical things, but gosh, we saved this woman of, of cancer, right? Like we presented this possibility of something serious existing. And so your training can get that intensive if you wanted to. So I just sharing with you this message because my family and I were looking for a house to live in or buy our first house. And she had ended up selling our house to us uh, for sale by owner for about $30,000 less than her retail asking price. And so you see when your heart and your intention is in the right place and you let go of the money, your, your third person is your return on your investment is going to be right away, but you have to trust that your heart's got to be in the right place. So I never talked to doctors about getting this thermography to make more money because you will with one new client, I could teach you a, a workup that one new client you pay for your, your payment. Forget about it. It's not even forget about the money. Okay, this is about getting your heart in the right place. Um, you from advancing your paraspinal to to complementing your paraspinal. This is not a replacement for right. paraspinal. Okay, 
And so this is one of the, like, I'm going to spend 10 minutes on paraspinal versus, you know, full body and what those differences are. They're not, one's not better or worse. You know, you got to compliment them. I still do every visit, but then you can do periodic visits with the, with the full body. Yep. Okay. More, more time intensive, more specific. And so this is kind of why I've been so adamant. I've got out and I've got out there and um, I've been seeing so much change um, I, even in video work, you could put it, put it on video mode and just watch someone laying in a resting room, let's say, mm. and, and let's say just watch their core body temperature or just watch their feet change temperature, right? In real time. So those are things that the level of care hasn't even been tapped into. Imagine just having a camera just to have one above your adjusting table. Wow. So that when you, when you do that Blair adjustment, you know, that you can see while they're, while they're laying there for 30 to 60 seconds and letting that vibration slow down you're watching that heat exchange occur, you know, and if you lay them down and do any, you know, full spine work, I talked to full spine docs too. You can have it over your adjusting table. Yeah. It's an expensive camera to have over your adjusting table, but go get another camera to then screen your clients, you know, and that way there are two clients a month pays for both of your cameras, you know, forget about the money you guys. And that's the biggest excuse I get. Yeah. Come on. And we're better than that. Yeah. And you said it earlier with like CBCT, it's, it's, it's a no brainer, right? A lot of docs will go easily drop 50, 60, 80, a hundred thousand dollars on a CBCT. It's, it's investment in good equipment as far as the scientific application of our art and, and uh, philosophy to me makes just a ton of sense. It's like, how do we yeah. do this better? And, and yeah. a lot of folks are just kind of content with what they have, uh, but you're obviously of the mind and the uh, heart of like, how do we do it better? How do we do it bigger? How do we do it you know, with more efficiency, a lot more effective. How do we up, you know, level up? And I'm, I'm a big fan of folks that want to leave chiropractic better than they found it. You know, I think some people just kind of get that and they, and they have an urgency to, to leave something behind, you know, besides just a, you know, a clinic in a town. And I think that's uh, it's, it's an uncommon trait, but it's very important. And so I, I see that in you and I appreciate it because it's the kind of thing that, you're just getting started on this, right? We could have the conversation again in 30 years and, you know, who knows yeah. where, where it might go. Well, that's why I tell, I remind docs too, with this urgency is chiropractic's within 90% specificity. Thank BJ Palmer for that. He did, this guy dedicated his whole life. Ain't nobody going to touch him. Ain't nobody is touching him. So don't even try. It's yeah. like MJ LeBron. It's in two different categories, right? I'm trying to be LeBron though, right? I want to be compared. <laughs> I'll be the savior, <laughs> right? Anyway, <laughs> what I want people to know is that it's going to take a thousand years for chiropractic to get into a hundred percent specificity if we keep pushing hard. So you ain't even going to live to a thousand years. So don't stress about being a hundred percent specific. Okay. Let's stress about getting the next hundred years of your life chiropractic from 90 to 91%. Mm. That's what we do with the collective consciousness of chiropractors that we have right now. Take it to 90, 91. And hopefully give that urgency and teach that next field, the next hundred years of generations of chiropractors, you're taking 91 to 92. And then in, like I said, a thousand years, we're going to be 99.999% specific. Um, but that only happens with the evolution of chiropractic, not principle. Principle is old as time. Specificity, not technique. Technique is going to evolve with science. Okay. Science is here and now principle has always been there. Technique is always the future, right? Past, well, present, future. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That's uh, you know, the, all those conversations are, you know, when you talk with like uh, folks that are involved with the ICA council on upper cervical care, a lot of those conversations go on and 
you know, it's kind of a lot of uh, dreaming and planning and thinking about, you know, how to do that. But a lot of times there's sort of the task seems so large, you know, people are thinking 90, not 90 to a hundred that mm-hmm. it almost kind of, I don't want to say demotivates, but it, it folks kind of just back off and opt out. But 90 to 91 is like, it's no, there's no excuse. It's like, we can just all chip in a little bit and it's not, it's not such a daunting or overwhelming task. So I appreciate that perspective and, and sort of reorienting folks to your responsibility. Cause you know, nobody has to contribute, right? Like that's not, we're not saying that you have to give of your time, talent, and treasure to advance chiropractic, but you have the opportunity, you know, and I'm a big fan of stewarding your, your career mindfully, you know, and intentionally and, and, you know, being aware of opportunities to, uh, to contribute. Cause there's no shortage of people who can complain or, you know, sort of talk about the problems that they see, but yeah. I'm definitely solutions oriented. That's what drew me to upper yeah. cervical too. It's like, man, you know, anybody can point at problems and anybody can, you know, kind of curse the darkness. Right. But, um, you know, the, you know, the rest of that quote, it's like, what, yeah. who's going to light the candle? Who's going to start to take steps forward and put all that behind us, you know, cause it's, it's our responsibility. No one else carries the message that we carry. Right. Now our philosophy is unique to us. It's, it's ours to, uh, to present and share with the world and to model and to emulate, you know, and to live and to ex- expose them to. So sacred trust. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. And I think, uh, on different college campuses, you've been in Palmer, you've been to Logan, you know, there's life Sherman, other places. Mm-hmm. I I've often told students, I, I remember being in school and thinking, you know, my instructors are like, well, these must be the best chiropractors in the world, right? They're the ones that are on the campus teaching the students. And then you get a little bit of experience and you start to meet other docs off campus. And you're going like, I don't know if I'm learning from the best here. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's, it's kind of an eye opening thing and that's no slight to, to academic chiropractors, but it's just a different mode. It's a different perspective yeah. and it's a different set of values. Uh, so, appreciation there. Once you've already, when you had Nancy in front of you and, 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 and it's, it's Jordan fourth quarter, you're 92. You know what I'm saying? Like practical yeah. in front of you, it just sticks. It's not theoretical. Yeah. And one of the things I had a, a mentor tell me before, even before school, and this was in a different topic was like, you know, when you get really excited about something or something's kind of stirred up in you, it's really easy to want to go out and share it with everybody and to start talking to people about it and asking questions he Said, just sit with it for a bit, you know, just because when, when this, when it's new to you and you start kind of asking around and talking a lot, you're ripe for folks kind of taking the wind out of your sails, right? It's like you go to one chiropractic professor and you sit down with them in their office to look at your exam results and you say, Hey, what do you know about, you know, chiropractic thermography? And because you're excited about your passion, you want to share this with someone and they can totally cut you down and, and eliminate that, uh, you know, that passion and that energy and enthusiasm yeah. and curiosity. So I would say if you're a student and you're exploring, even if it's just different techniques, like work on it, sit with it, you know, internalize it a little bit. I think there is a point where, you know, healthy collaboration is key, but be mindful of the folks that you let speak into your life on this stuff because they will, uh, there's, there's often, you know, times where it's less helpful. You know what they say? You are the sum total of the top five members you spend the most time with. So I say you are some total of the top five doctors that you spend the most time with. So who are those doctors that you're spending the most time with? Are they your professors or is it BJ? You know, is it uh, Dr. Eddie Weller? Is it myself? Is it Dr. John? Is it Dr. Dave? Is it Dr. Steve? Is it Dr. Jill? Is it Dr. Stephanie? Who is it 
that is resonating most with you. And I feel like if you surround yourself with those people right now, students, don't be bashful because this is what makes chiropractic different than other professions is mm-hmm. we love to do that. Don't get me wrong. At some point, there has to be some a fair exchange, but we love to mentor uh, the future. There's not enough chiropractors to paint this wall, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Not enough. Yeah. hundred percent. So I just wanted to encourage uh, the students and even young docs. Cause I, you know, a lot of times you get out of school or an associateship, you go kind of pave your way. And uh, there's a lot of lonely times, you know, it can, it can seem lonely when you're sort of in the day-to-day grind of getting your practice going or doing those different things. So definitely be encouraged that you're not alone. And there are folks, uh, folks there for you. Um, so let's talk a little bit about where, where we're going with the Blair conference. You kind of hinted at it, you know, some of the things that you're going to present, can you give us kind of an overview of what you're able to, to share? Cause obviously the hours and the time and the, it's just such a large topic. You don't have a, a, as much time as you really require to do it well. So what can we expect? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to try to blow through in an hour. So I'm like, I need three hours, right? Um, I did a whole weekend down in Palmer, but um, in an hour, we're just going to quickly go over the history of chiropractic. We're going to orient you. We're going to get you positioned to see, okay, where does, where does thermography fit hmm. in the subluxation analysis process? It's not assessing structure. It's assessing function. And with that being said, we're going to be looking at the concepts of structure versus function, right? The CBCT is good at looking at structure. Uh, thermography is great at looking at function. Now you want to upgrade in your CBCT from x-ray. Okay, now let's upgrade your thermography to, to digital imaging, right? And remember, I always joke because some doc, the second excuse that upper cervical docs give me um, is, oh, I'm saving up for a CBCT. And I said, hey, buddy, just remember that if you gave a CBCT to even the world-renowned leader in radiography and you asked them the one question, is this body alive or dead? You cannot tell on a CBCT if that body is living or dead, okay? Same thing on a radiograph because structure does not dictate function 100% of the time and it does not mean you're alive and well and healthy. So that's why I tell you first, upgrade your functional analysis, okay? Hmm. Get different functional analysis that you can and then upgrade on your structural analysis. So in my opinion, we're going to be talking about not, not to, you know, where, where to invest your money, but just to look at what's important here and how one is, is not the other. One's not more important than the other. The two go together. Okay. So structure and function. And so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about the differences between paraspinal and full body thermography. I'll just have a quick chart up there and I'll show you some of the benefits, risks, alternatives, cost effectiveness and the value that you create in your kind of culture, right? Because uh, the, the, uh, when you just having the thermography, for example, uh, as you know, paraspinally already increases your value and uh, adherence to care in your community, right? Because you have something objective. Now imagine you have this camera, okay? Now you've taken your $300 analysis, $400 analysis, 500 and taken it to 1200. Okay. So this is a, how you increase the value. And then you got people that are more adhered to chiropractic care or the, the type of upper cervical care that you're offering because you're doing better science and you just say, Hey, I got to do this in six months. The science says so. So they're already sold on a six month care program. You don't have to convince them on all the things that these practice management companies are trying to convince them on. You just put the f- freaking science right in front of them. Right. And that's all it's about is let the science lead you, but you have to submit and it, to yourself to an enslavement to the scientific practice and protocols. Okay. Uh, if you do your practice and protocols correctly, you are a slave to it. That's it. You don't get have an opinion in this process. It's so objective. You just show up in your present. Like Ep- Donnie Epstein talks about your presence is what heals. Right. 
Well, how can you be present when your educated brain is like, am I on the right side? Am I on the left side? You know, Dr. Eddie says something important. The science is not important for making the adjustment and to heal the person. But it is important because when your hand is on the patient, your ego is asking you, right? Um, it's getting in the way of you connecting innately. So you do all the science so you can calm your educated brain and you can be present with your innate brain and their innate presence, right? That's what we need science for is because we have educated brain. Take out the educated brain and go ahead. You don't need any science at all. You know, and some of the masters, right, can do that. But still, you got the science. Come on, use it. <laughs> so this is what we're going to talk about in probably, hopefully, the first 20 minutes. And then we're going to go through um, all the different heat maps that I take for just the upper cervical. Yeah. Um, so as uh, like the stroke screening, the cerebrovascular screening, cranial nerve assessment. We're going to go over the carotid artery and the vertebral artery assessments that you can do, the dermatome and myotome assessments, the oral assessment around the mouth. And we're also going to do um, look at peripheral neuropathies like in the arm or even in the feet and the legs. OK, and then hopefully in the last 15 minutes, I may be able to end with my day one, two, three protocol. If I get to that or I may skip that and uh, just go over like some common, you know, follow up routines. How often should you follow up? How much should you charge? Um, and maybe I'll spend two minutes going on the concept and return on and a potential investment because. Um, I don't want to talk to a thousand people, whatever, 120 people. I'm um, individually about uh, da, 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 da. we're just going to spend two minutes on this is this is how it works. OK, one person is all you need and you got it. Cool. OK, beautiful. Um, yeah, it sounds like you got it pretty dialed in. I'm looking forward to that big time. And I know a lot of other folks will be, too. And uh, kind of wish you had a little more time. But the, the conversations always kind of blend into the after the after seminar dinners and things like that. So we'll carry on. Yeah, I- yeah, totally. And I'm down for that. <laughs> awesome. Well, we appreciate you being a part of it. Appreciate you answering the call and uh, coming to talk with our community. I think it's, it's good to have, you know, we have our, our strengths, you know, as a, as a society and as a kind of community of chiropractors that are like-minded, but I always love and think it's very beneficial to have folks that are aligned in values, but maybe a little different in technique or application come in and share a different perspective. I think it's, I'm a, a believer that your strengths are your weaknesses and you can develop blind spots with where you really do your best work. And so it's really good to have folks come from the outside and, and bring something new to the table. So I appreciate that you're going to be there to, to do that for us. Yeah. Well, I'm just humbled to be a part of the experience, you know, proud is not the right word is definitely humbled. Cause I'm like, why am I the one that's the only guy that's like, let me get this camera and dedicate years of my life to trying to develop uh, a research and a standard. So I'm well, you humbled. definitely don't do stuff like this for a pat on the back. And that's, that's like in chiropractic, there's no advancement that happens for a pat on the back, right? There's, there's yeah. gotta be a larger mission behind it yeah. for it to actually scale up and have an impact. So it's a, it's a common thing that I've noticed in folks that do, you know, kind of push the needle. Um, well, speaking of, I kind of want to go back to where we started and, and talking about, you know, chiropractic philosophy and green books and things like that, because I, you know, I'd be willing to bet there's a significant percentage of upper cervical chiropractors that have never read a green book. So let's, what are maybe the yeah. top, you know, what are the top for you? If someone's like, you know, I've never really kind of got into that. I've always had, and this is what always funny to me, people have opinions about BJ or opinions about philosophy, but never exposed to it at all. It's yeah. like, man, if you go read volume 18 and get an idea of what he was talking about in the thirties, you know, you just, you just don't know. And so what, yeah. what are your top, uh, top books that folks are, are new to that or looking to kind of up their game in philosophy? What, what should they be going to? Okay. Well, if you're just looking at the green books, because there's a lot of other, you know, books by, 
yeah, you know, some greats that have come afterwards. But if you're just looking at the green books, you got to start with the law of life, right? You got to start mm-hmm. with the last week because this is an accumulation of the big idea, right? So uh, that way there, you can work your way backwards to where it all started in a way, right? Picking up the cookie crumbs. And then you got to read volume 18. You got to read that boy, what do you say? Five times, something like that. Three, and I then, think, yeah. Yeah, three, something like that. And still, you don't got it. Then maybe he was wrong, he says. Um, and you know what I really love? I love the clinical controlled research trials. Yeah, yeah. Love that one because there's just some really awesome stuff. I know Sean Dill had mentioned a couple things about seizures. Um, in there, I just said that just stands out to me um, at my Ohio when he was talking about that. Um, so those are my those are my three favorite. Um, I also love the known man. I love bridging the gap. I love this whole concept of taking science and taking this concept of creation and chiropractic being the bridge between this gap, you know, um, this Hippocratical situation where priests go to church on Sunday um, and claim God does the healing all week. But when they come down with sickness, go to man for healing and uh, vice versa. You know, we claim that God does the healing once a week and then we just tear it up the rest of the week. So <laughs> chiropractic offers a principle um, that can bridge this gap. So I love bridging the gap. That one's a, an awesome one um, as well. Um, our masterpiece, like I said, um, they're all very, very good. I know Simon Senzon has a complete kind of textbook yep. Yep. of a lot of things. Um and Joe Strauss is like blue book. He has commentaries on pretty much every volume, you know, so there's, yeah. there's companions if you really want to study that stuff. And, right. you know, it's kind of like you, you had referenced some excuses with things. It's like, yeah, it, you got to get oriented to the way that BJ talks and writes, right. There, there's like a little different than the, the typical thing you pick up to read. So you kind of got to learn to go with, with the way that he communicates, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting, right. It's like a, a window into a mind and if you read books from different times you kind of even see the progression and you see the changing of ideas and you see where things develop and observe and he'll even say we used to do it this way but now we're saying this and so it's Mm -hmm. fascinating that even in that short amount of time just the sheer volume of you know wisdom that you know he was able to produce that bj palmer and i've said this on the podcast before is like the unsung hero of american history like if people had any clue about him and what he was up to and the things that he did and like I think there should be documentaries and Netflix series and like made for TV movies, all that stuff. It's, it just blows my mind. The most patriotic thing you can do as an American is go to your chiropractor. West true. You want to know what true Western healthcare is? It's chiropractic. Okay. (laughs) Centralized healthcare is what we understand as Western medicine, but that's centralized healthcare, right? Centralized banks. That all comes from Europe, the center, right? But we're talking about, True westernized healthcare, chiropractic, which respects all the principles of the history, which is why BJ went all around the world and he came back and he's like, chiropractic is an accumulation of all this stuff, right? It's like the last uh, prophet, so to speak, right? And this is what I love is chiropractic is American made medicine, healthcare rather, not medicine. Oh, scratch that. Yeah. And it is, it is American muscle, baby. It is the most patriotic thing you could do as an American, um, and it's just as a human being, it's the best thing you could do, obviously. But man, what an amazing thing chiropractic is. You know, I don't know. He, he died with millions liquid. Right. And he was one of the richest men in the world. He was what? One of the only individuals that was allowed to be in King Tut's tomb. One of the only 17. Right. 17 people to be present for the unveiling of King Tut's tomb. Like why, why BJ? Who else was there? Right. And they all died within seven years of the revealing. That's when BJ went into a madness. That's why you want to read some of his old books after he opened up that tomb. And then you want to read some of the earlier books, right? But, spirit, you know, we have sacred trust here. 
Um, and that's when he got, BJ got into remote adjusting. Okay. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. then he across the ethos. And that's when people started thinking he was really crazy. And that's when I started thinking, man, he's brilliant. Like <laughs> wake up every morning and I throw an ASR for everybody who needs it. I throw it <laughs> for everybody who needs it before I go to bed, baby. <laughs> and I, uh, Beautiful. Yeah. Do- uh, we'll start to wind down here and, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to carry on the conversation in a few weeks in Charlotte, but any last words of encouragement uh, for the docs of students or things that thoughts you'd like to leave them with? Oh man, just be there and, and, and be present, come with an open mind. I know that is probably said in so many different ways, but seriously come with an open mind. Um, I, same thing with me, um, come with an open mind and that's what I'm coming with, you know, with you guys and, um, Reggie Gold, he would sometimes just walk around the freaking stage for, for minutes before he would talk. And people would be like, what are you trying to do? He's like, I'm waiting for it. I'm like, we waiting for it, right? <laughs> and so um, this is actually a book that I am working on is uh, talking about what is it, you know? And um, this is something I want you to, to know is that it's going to show up during this seminar and it's going to speak through me and it's not going to be me. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it, Doc, and we'll uh, we'll see you then. But in the meantime, if you haven't got registered yet, get in there. There's always room for one more, you know, at our table, and we're we're anxious and excited to kind of commune again together in Charlotte in a few weeks. And and Doc, we'll see you there. Yeah. Hey, if any um, if anybody needs any financial assistance to get to this uh, seminar, I can help them out. Okay. For sure, we'll make sure to get it out All ASAP right. so that folks can uh, can access that. Very generous of you. Appreciate you. All right, guys. Well, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes and check the show notes for links to our hosts, guests, and other relevant information. And head on over to www.blairchiropractic.com to find out more about Blair Upper Cervical Chiropractic or to find a doctor close to you. If you're a chiropractor or healthcare provider, you'll want to look at www.blairtechnique.com for information on upcoming events, professional development resources, and some very useful online training modules. You can also find a link to make a charitable donation, which is greatly needed to advance research. Until next time, be well.